0: Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by Senior Pastor, Reverend Dr. Ray Hilton. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit FirstPresevanston.org. Today's scripture reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Verses 1 through 10. Jesus has risen. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There, There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going into the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were like were white as snow. Then the guards were so afraid of him that he shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Um, then go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Amen. Well, good morning, First prayers, and thank God for the reading of Holy Scripture. God bless you on this Easter Sunday. And I want you to know that even though the coronavirus is keeping us from worshiping together, one reality that the virus cannot alter is that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. One of the things I've noticed with the rise of the coronavirus pandemic is the emergence of a new group of people in our culture who call themselves COVID-19 deniers. Have you heard of them? These are people who say that that the virus is a hoax. Can you believe that? These are people who say that the virus is being used as a tool by the rich to make themselves richer. That the number of people who have died in this country and around the world that those numbers are fabricated, that governments are now using this as an opportunity to scare people and to take away people's rights and their freedoms. So the picture that you're looking at is of a group of college kids on spring break. Yes, the famous college kids who went on spring break. Now, these kids are supposed to be rational, they're supposed to be pretty educated, But by their behavior, they're denying the lethality of this virus and the wisdom of social distancing. And I think what they're saying to America is that they intend to enjoy their spring break at the cost of their health and the health of other people. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty selfish. You may have heard the news, the sad news, that many of these kids returned and some of them tested positive for the virus. Here we are in this real time and space experiencing a global phenomenon that is changing the world and still, some people look at this event and say, it's not true. But then again, we shouldn't be surprised because these types of people have always been with us, whether it is the, the flat earth theorists or those people who say that 9-11 was was orchestrated by the, by the United States government or by the deep state, or that Apollo's 11 landing on the moon in July of 1969 was a hoax, the idea of closing one's mind to the truth is quite prevalent. It didn't start in the 21st century. In fact, 2,000 years ago, there were people who could also be called resurrection deniers. The Sadducees were a prominent, highly educated, very wealthy religious sect in Judaism, and they denied the resurrection of the dead. But they weren't the only ones I want to talk to you this morning about Jesus and the empty tomb I want to talk to you about two groups of people who were present at the time of the resurrection of Jesus and yet they reached radically different conclusions let me talk to you first of all first of all about the soldiers Matthew 27 verses 62 through 66 the dead body of Jesus is still warm When the chief priests and the pharisees came to pilate and they said we have a big favor to ask of you we would like for you to place guards at the tomb of jesus to prevent the disciples from stealing his body because if they steal the body they're going to go around making these false claims that jesus is actually risen from the dead and pilate said you know what that's a great idea and he appointed guards to seal the tomb and to prevent anyone from stealing the body listen these soldiers they didn't care for them it was just another day on the job they didn't care about the religious controversies that were going on between Jesus and the religious leaders in fact if they believed anything the only thing they may have believed is that is that the Caesar is their Lord and their God they're not worried about anyone coming from behind the stone they're looking to stop anyone coming to remove the stone that's all they know their mission is and the scriptures tell us that while they're doing their job guarding the tomb there was this great earthquake someone said these these wonderful words the earth trembled with sorrow at the death of Jesus and now the earth is leaping for joy at his resurrection what caused the earthquake Matthew says for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it this stone that would have taken several strong men to move was nothing for this mighty angelic being to move the angel's power and brilliant appearance caused these tough, battle-hardened Roman soldiers to shake with fear, and they became like dead men. And I don't want you to miss the irony. They were there to guard the dead, and now they were lying on the ground as if dead. Have you heard of a have you ever heard of a foxhole conversion? I'm, I'm sure you have. These experiences happen to people who are in situations where they feel their death is sure. These people in situations like that, what they do is they plead with God to give them a second chance. And they say, they said, they say Lord, if you if, if you get me out of this, I promise I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. And for these battle-hardened soldiers, unfortunately, there was no foxhole conversion. If you look at verse 11, after the angel speaks to the women, the soldiers went back to the city And they reported to all that had taken place. They reported to the religious leaders. The religious leaders got together and came up with a plan, and this was their plan. They said, we're going to bribe them. And so they came back to these soldiers and said, look, we're going to give you a certain sum of money if you will tell people that his disciples came at night while you were asleep and stole his body. And don't worry. We're not going to throw you under the bus. We're going to make sure that when Pilate comes to us and asks what happened, we're going to tell them the same story. Now you say, why stoop to this level of dishonesty? Well, it's because they're resurrection deniers. A couple of things, a couple of questions came to my mind, questions that I think people with common sense would ask. How could a group of disciples overpower heavily armed, highly trained Roman guards and steal the body of Jesus. Or people might ask, how could a group of disciples sneak in at night while these soldiers are sleeping, push away a heavy stone without waking them up and steal the body of Jesus? It's like a group of pastors trying to convince you that they broke into one of America's maximum security prisons and stole someone from the prison. You would just look at those pastors and say no way that's not happening so even though the soldiers saw the angel even though they fell on their faces like drunken men they closed their minds and they rejected the experience now compare them to the Roman centurion standing at the cross where Jesus died Matthew says in chapter 27 verse 54 now when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place they were terrified And they said, truly, this was God's son, a Roman centurion confessing Jesus as the son of God after his death on the cross. These soldiers, after their earthquake, after witnessing the power of God, they were unwilling to make a similar confession. Instead, they went around confessing lies that the disciples stole the body. In my words, I think they signed a a non-disclosure agreement that if they broke the agreement they would forfeit their money they would forfeit their jobs and most likely they would forfeit their lives and so it was in their best interest to perpetuate the lie so I tag these soldiers as close-minded indifferent unwilling to face the truth unwilling to explore the meaning of this supernatural experience of God among them let's look at this same experience through the eyes of the women starting with Matthew 27 verse 55 many women were also there looking on from a distance they had followed jesus all the way from galilee to jerusalem and they provided for him along the way among them were mary magdalene mary the mother of joseph and the mother of the sons of zebedee and when it was evening the evening of the resurrection there came a rich man from arimathea named joseph who was also a disciple of jesus he went to pilate he asked for the body of jesus pilate ordered that the body be given to him so Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock, and then he rolled a great stone to the, over the door of the tomb, and he went away. I love verse 61. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. And all of this happened on the evening of Good Friday. I want you to fast forward to early Sunday morning. It's three days later. The Sabbath has ended. The women are on their way to see the tomb. The women were just as much disciples as the men, just as much disciple as a disciple of Jesus as Joseph of Arimathea, but with one distinction. And guys, I don't want you to hate me for this. The men were missing in action. For you see, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, the disciples scattered for fear of their lives some left the city others huddled in windowless rooms for fear that they would be next but not so with these women disciples they did not run on the day of his arrest women i want you to say amen to that they did not hide as jesus breathed his last breath on the cross they were present when they buried jesus's body like the soldiers they felt the ground shake beneath their feet they saw the angels they also felt afraid But the angel comforted them with these words do not be afraid I don't know about you but this is the Word of God to America this is the Word of God to all of Illinois this is the Word of God to you and your household do not be afraid the angel said I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified but he's not here amen he's not here for he has been raised as he said and then the angel gave them these two great commands Come and see, go and tell. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go and tell his disciples that he's been raised from the dead. And what did the women do after seeing the empty tomb? And they did go into the tomb and they saw that it was empty. They saw the linen cloth. Then they turned around and they quickly, quickly with fear and with great joy, they ran to tell the disciples. And then this amazing thing happened to them as they were running. Suddenly, Jesus met them. This is what happens when we are open to the Lord and we're seeking for the Lord. The Lord is going to meet us where we are. Jesus said these words to them, greetings. And notice their openness and notice their acceptance of Jesus because when Jesus said greetings, they came to him. They took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. There it is again. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee And there they will see me. And there you have it. That's the Easter story, according to Matthew. One group went away telling people it didn't happen. The disciples stole the body. The other group went around telling people, he's alive. He's alive. I saw him. He changed my life. And the question is, which testimony do you think endured the test of time? And I want you to play devil's advocate with me let's assume that the disciples did steal the body of Jesus let's assume they stole the corpse not only would we have forgotten Jesus but do you think Christianity with all of the pressure and all of the hatred and all of the persecution survived with this kind of life for over 2,000 years and I think you know the answer the answer is no 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 if the disciples wanted to make the story seem more plausible and more believable I think what they would have done, if they wanted to make this a big lie, I think the storyline would be that the disciples came back, or a group of men came back, and they found the empty tomb, and they stole the body. And why? Why is it important that men tell the story? Because in that culture, women didn't have a voice. Women were mistreated, they were discounted, they were considered hysterical uneducated they were unreliable witnesses in the court of law but i want you to know that it wasn't just the women because in about a month's time over 500 people would have seen him but praise the lord it started with the women who said we were there the disciples the men weren't there but we were there we saw him crucified we saw him die We were there when they took his body off the cross and buried him. We came to the tomb with one thing in our minds. We wanted to do one final act for Jesus. But when we got there, he wasn't in the tomb. He's risen from the dead. We saw him. We touched him. We worshiped him. He's alive. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it's hard to dismiss the power of that kind of story. And it is for that reason that by the grace of God, and it's only by the grace of God, that at the age of 17 years old, and I'm so grateful, that at the age of 17 years old, I gave my entire existence over to Jesus Christ, not to a myth, not to a feeling, not to a sentiment, but to the living Lord Jesus, who lives and reigns with the Father and assures me that my sins are forgiven. And maybe you're here and you're saying, well, pastor, what's the big deal? Why should I believe in the resurrection? Why does it matter? Let me give you two quick reasons before I stop. First of all, the resurrection matters because it makes a huge difference. In life and in death and I'm serious in life and in death these are sobering times people are dying as you know left and right across the world right here in America right here in the state of Illinois hundreds and thousands of people we're being told will die and many people are dying without any assurance of hope they're dying alone and I want to share with you some of the most sobering words that Paul Could say to us on this resurrection morning from 2nd Corinthians chapter 15 the Apostle Paul says if the Messiah is not raised your faith is futile you are still in your sins verse 18 then those who have died in Christ have perished if for this life only we have hoped in Christ we are of all people most to be pitied in other words without the resurrection Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth goes down simply as another disastrous, would be hero, another failed Messiah, another great martyr, perhaps, but not the bringer of this new age. If he's not raised from the dead, all is lost. Sin reigns, death wins. But the reality is, Christ is risen and he has conquered death. Because he lives, your sins are forgiven. Because he lives, You will live, everyone who lives and believes in him, Jesus says to the grieving family of Lazarus, everyone who lives and believes in him will never die. Do you believe this? Here's the second reason why the resurrection matters and why you should not deny the resurrection. It's because Jesus empowers us to face life now and to face the future. Brothers and sisters, we are living in some very uncertain times sometimes I'm tired of reading the headlines I'm tired of reading these articles because the future now is so murky and people are being crushed by the terror of the unknown and it looks like just like that sign that you're looking at the world is now closed and it feels like the world is closed but I want you to know that Jesus is alive Jesus knows your future the Bible says Jesus is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He has the whole world in his hands. He knows the end from the beginning. The Lord promises that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Jesus, promised. Jesus promises that he's going to change us. He's going to give us the power so that we can face the future with confidence in him. But here's what you need to do. In order to embrace the reality of the resurrection you need to be honest about where you are if you're more like the soldiers denying the resurrection everything that I've said is not going to be of any benefit to you and you're gonna have to get rid of that denial and say Jesus I want to trust you if you're more like the women who are open and trusting and ready to spread the good news praise the Lord Jesus is gonna come to you And he's going to give you all the strength that you need to make it through these tough times. And so I invite anyone here today, if you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to come to Jesus. If you come to Jesus, he's going to meet you. He will never turn away from you. If you would like to follow Jesus, just like these women, Jesus says, I am going to reveal myself to you today. You can come to Jesus Today, you can ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins today. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As long as you deny the resurrection, you cannot be saved. If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And so, what I'd like for you to do is reach out to one of our pastors. Send us an email. Go to the website, reach out to one of our pastors, send us an email. And we will connect with you and we will talk. And we will point you to Jesus and help you to take those next steps in following him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's children, both men and women, say, Amen and Amen.